Hello, audience. We are the Shakespeare Sister Scholars. My name is Marguerite, and this is my sister, Camille. Say hello, Camille. Hello. Camille, she's the creative one. She doesn't speak much, but she certainly has a lot to say when she does. Indeed. If only you could see my detailed oil paintings behind me in the radio studio now. Yes, yes. She was always the artist. But I am the elder of the twins. We are twins, aren't we, darling? I'm one well, minute well, older. Ah, Indeed. yes. Another, another of our awkward silences. Okay. Well, the audience has been here to explore a new Shakespearean text that we've brought to them. Uh, which is, could you please present the title at least, Camille? A Tangled Trunk. Yay. Very exciting, Marguerite. Very exciting. That sounds just just fabulous, Camille. A tangled trunk. Yes, that a thrilling, thrilling adventure down a, a Shakespearean lane. Uh, anyway, that I believe in Eastern. Sussex this time, which is unusual for the bard. Marguerite. Hmm. Unusual indeed, Camille. Hmm. 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 Anyway, I suppose we should have our actors start the reading. Uh, yes, this will be thrilling. If you could please commence on page three, which is where it starts. Um, in the middle of a scene, in the middle of the woods. Please enjoy the thrillingness of it all. My garments all be so wrinkled, they be older than my skin. Indeed, good sir. And yet, I see no way out of these woods, whereon we did enter three days ago. Art thou sure thou dost know the way? I wish not to find the way any longer, for once we find our way out of this wood, people will see me in these soiled clothes. Aye, indeed. Tis too true. And yet... Methinks there may be a way to fix it, if thou wouldst trust me. Open thy mind and let me in for how to solve this predicament. For the people that did first live on this land did use the leathers of the deer and the horses, did they not? I have seen quite a few deer and horses upon our 
three days in this wood, but none be wearing any leather or size that I might. If thou wouldst just pick up a relatively small deer and wrap it around thy shoulders, thou wouldst be warm and fashionable. Oh, fashionable, thou sayest. Indeed. But where to find such a deer to be worn in such a manner? I, tis getting dark and will not be light for yet many an hour. Perchance we should rest for the night and, and find a deer when dawn does break. Yea, if our prayers tonight turn into answers tomorrow, our days will be dear indeed. Aye. Oh, dear sir, I do pray that thou art right. Ah, yes. Enrapturing, mm. Mm. wasn't it? Mm. Uh, amazing how how even back then in yea, 1611, this foreshadows the psychedelic trope in works by Carlos Castaneda and hits by the Beatles. Open thy mind and let me in. Wonderful stuff. Yes, as soon as we get talking about psychedelics, you get excited, Camille. Well, I, I, I don't, um, I don't wish to tit for tattle in front of our listeners, but it is the essence of all good artwork, as you can see behind you. Marguerite and my oil paintings. Yes, yes, the oil paintings yet again. Thank you, Camille. Since you are the creative one and seem to love to display that, let us talk about the next scene, which is actually from the two-thirds point of the book, because we don't have time for all of this. Well, I have time for the actors, my fellow artists, and I would just casually segue into saying to the listeners, this is the epitome, apotome of the play where the deer, the stag, is found and has an encounter with Antonia and they talk in a shared language. Mm. I'm sure this will carry us out of our seats into the stratosphere. Mm. Who goes hence? Who said that? It is I, Stagmus. I, I do think I be dreaming, for I am looking at a stag, and yet he doth speak to me. I challenge thee, mere mortal, to journey inside thy own mind. Oh my, I think perchance those... Leaves that I did consume this morn have affected my thinking, for suddenly I do feel quite lightheaded. 
Good sir Stag, dost thou speak in truth? I speak in rhymed. I speak in parallel for the leaves. Thou didst consume where incorrect for knowledge, but correct for the mind bend. The mind bend? Wouldst thou tell me, good sir, what dost thou mean? One has a choice. One can ask a direct question or go with the flow and follow me up to the spirit in the sky. I shall try thy method. And I follow thee to the spirit in the sky, for I do feel as though I could fly. No, you, you, you. I'm the firstborn. You can go ahead. Well, I, 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 I don't want to take part in a urinating contest on air, but if you insist, Marguerite, I, I'm sure even without an artistic understanding, one can feel the power, the raw power of the Stag Antonia scene in the scene. The power comes through in the text when it's written the bra It was a mixture of B's and R's, and there's an occasional X in there, which I did not hear the performers do. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Well, it's from the north. It's from the North aspect of Middle English, which I I, I I expected to be lost on your Marguerite. Yes, yes, there's there's always the dig. Just because Mummy and Daddy favoured me and gave me the name Marguerite, which is our beloved grandmother, a beautiful, beautiful woman, and gave you the name Camille, which was the servant of the household. <laughs> ah, yeah. Anyway, where, where were we? This was this is Shakespeare, isn't it? <laughs> so I hold, I hold, in a non-passive-aggressive holding pattern that is not an awkward silence. And ask you, fair sister, what would be your highlight of the long-lost play, The Twisted Trunk, if it's not the scene we've just heard now? I would actually say it's the very next scene, where the animal has gone kaput into the atmosphere, and up there meets a bypassing seagull. How dost thou fly without wings upon thy back? Be thee a snack or be thee a meal. I'll eat thee any way I choose as I fly high. I be confused above all other 
things, for normally that is where I be above all other things, yet here you be equal to me. I be king with expanding mind and expanding lines, little flapping grey birds. Yea, from where you be I be grey, but most people look up and see my white belly. Please allow it to stay crisp and clean and expand only your mind and not thy stomach. Oh, little flying one, you have piqued my interest. Tell me what gifts you could possibly present the uh, king of the forest. Why, look no longer horizontally, look vertically, for from up here thou can seest the entire forest, the entire wood and every path like a maze as it twists. One point has been earned. Darest thou go for the second point? The second be the entertainment value of hovering so high thou can seest those dots that doth flail their arms in frustration, in fighting, in losing thy mind by choosing the wrong leaves of which to chew. Ah, fellow wordsmith, besting the stag. A grudging silver tick is awarded. <laughs> Be there a third achievement, O oh little flapping shit. Um, you know, actually, that was not the scene that I was most interested in. I am so sorry. Can we please backtrack? No, fast forward. Mm. Yes. Um, I suppose it was... The, the other animal I wanted to see and follow, which I think comes uh, another act later. I, it's, it's a bit confused, uh, but let's see where that poor wretched thing went. I think it was very, very, very tragically dark. <gasps> oh, poor creature in the woods, thou dost bleed out from thy gullet. I am not long for the world I do fear, and yet thy presence is a comfort. <gasps> I, I be the mere hunter that needed to shoot thee for mine own dinner, but I did not know as I got closer thy beauty. Oh, thy beauty, I have sacrificed thy beauty. I do pray thee, good hunter, <laughs> wouldst thou end my suffering? And kill me quick. <laughs> Nay, for thy voice is just as beautiful. Please do tell me of thy history before thou dost kick the bucket grate. <laughs> Yet my history be not long, for I am but a mare, a young, young mare, born but two summers hence. Back, and yet, forgive my confusion, the blood doth rush out of my head. <laughs> but I have had a life of running from other uh, large hunters and did not think it uh, would be a small one such as thee <clears throat> that would take me down. Yet I perchance think uh, tis fitting. Knock, knock, dost thou be anyone home? 
Ah, alas, no more mares free to roam. Mm. Sister. Mm. The most depressing scene in the play, indeed. Yes, it it is uh, metaphorical for to kill a horse is to kill family. Indeed. Interesting premise. Interesting. Well, the the very subject of the larger oil painting behind me on my left, Marguerite. Ah, yes. I do see the horse standing there with its big bulging eyes and its disproportionate tail. You can't miss the horse, Camille. In the style of the daguerreotype and the greatest surrealists. But that's a discussion for another (coughs) programme. So let us weave this a bit together. There's, There's animals. There's bizarre situations. This is clearly not reflective of Shakespeare's common works. Indeed, it's, uh, the, the import of such a text is a proof positive of his open usage of common herbs that were known hallucinogens at the time. And it is believed that this text, the twisted trunk in brackets, yay, is the first entire book written under the influence of of bay leaves. Mm. Mm, yes, and this is why, fair audience, we do not, not ever do drugs, lest we turn out like Camille. Anyway, it is very clear in this climactic scene that everybody is under the influence, or at least the bard was. Um, under a rainbow... Three separate animals. Please enjoy. To see the colours shine up above, it'd be far more beautiful up there than it'd be down here. I wouldst that we could fly there, but alas, have we no wings. See the rainbow smiling. Down on us from the air. Thou dost see a smile, but to me only a frown, for it turns downward, as if to express displeasure of having to be so high in the sky. And yet, if thou wert to turn thyself upside down, thou would see a smile. Yea, to look up at the world and at all things, instead of to Look down in judgment upon all. Indeed. Tis a new perspective that I had not till this moment. Yea, we have spent our entire tort turtle lives living in these shells, 
and hoping to not stay stuck on our back, but now we've learned that that is exactly where we should be. Aye, and all that time when we did fight and struggle to turn us around, we missed the smiling rainbow. Cousin Frog, what say you? It is funny how the madness of the world shines beauteous alongside the madness of the mind, yet is missed by so many. Oh, Cousin Frog, thou art wise, as always. I would I had thy wisdom. Then only listen, uh, dear sister, and take in more. Wouldst thou speak more, cousin? My scaly body, slippery to the touch, does scare away fair maidens in a min. Yet lust I after maidens oh so much, and left alone devote myself to sin. I wish I be a turtle like you too, instead of slimy sitting on the lake. One day might I then find a love like you. Instead of drugs and rolling things I take, perhaps my luck lies up there in the sky, beside the rainbow smiling down on us. I think if I work harder, I could fly and let the wind leave my body thus for being ugly is no sin of life but being lonely burdens me a strife I think a soliloquizing frog is just about the dumbest stretch of the imagination that Shakespeare ever tried to aim for. Just my two cents on that, Camille. Well, beauty is just lost on some people, listeners. That's all I can say to that. At any rate, this play shall close. I would like to flip to the last segment where we find the ghost of Mare and a friend really pulling it all together and clarifying the entire journey. Mm. Ah, 
I am nearly whole again, and yet I be not on the earth, but in the air. Nay, good horse, thou art finally at peace. Who art thou? Thou recognizes me not. I am your great-grandfather. I've looked over you since you were first born, your first trots, your first gallop. Oh, Sir Reginald, thy portrait did hang in my barn, and yet I did feel thy presence my entire life. Thou art here? Yea. I was thy guardian angel, and when I got tired of looking o'er ye, I decided to let you meet that tiny hunter. But might I ask thee why, why so soon? I had only lived the two years. Yea, two years of me watching and learning that looking from above and being distanced from everything you know is far more easy. And thou wouldst, forgive me while I shake my mane, thou wouldst have my life be easy or my death? Why wouldst thou not let me live? There must be a lesson. Thou needest new shoes that be painful and expensive. And yet here I see that everything is full of beauty and there is no pain. Yea. It be an arm's length from everything, a hoof's step away. Ah, tis lovely here, and I am so glad to meet thee at last. I thank thee for taking my life and bringing me here. I thank thee for showing me how awful and tedious life can be. But fear not, for thou art here, now, able to watch over your great great grands guide them along the way oh great grandfather wilt thou lead me and teach me and show me the way so I may show them nay I am free from being stuck upon you thou art free to take my place and overlook and keep all from danger I shall finally gallop again goodbye well is a bit of a surprise, and yet I suppose I must take my place. And that is the end of the play. Clearly about family, meaning, and drugs. It's 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 such a beautiful and misunderstood work I was moved to form a life oil painting uh, during that <laughs> you are so sensitive Camille it is clearly the worst work of Shakespeare we've ever read if you can find anything in that you must be out of your mind the masterpiece and you're a heathen. <laughs> well, here ends another episode with Camille crying into her tea, which is decaffeinated as per usual. 
I'm going to have to turn my enthusiasm over to a text of Dickens we've discovered called The Vacuum in the Drawer. That's different. And in the meantime, please do uh, continue to find pleasure in uh, scholarship and such. We've been Shakespearean scholar sisters and uh, good, good night.